This is Real Housewives of the Kingdom, a sweet space where you'll hear from the hearts of fellow housewives in the kingdom of God, some just like you and some really different in various walks of life. We will talk about how God is walking with us through the good and the hard. I pray you'll be encouraged and entertained as we laugh and sometimes cry together. Most of all, I hope it reminds you we're in this together and you are not alone. Today, my guest is Laurel Miller, also known as Crackers. She became a friend and mentor to my mom at Bible study when I was growing up. When I was 11, my grandma went to be with Jesus. Laurel and her husband, Tim, also known as Happy, became grandparents to me and my siblings, stepping in just how God designed the body of Christ to do. She is an incredible woman of God who lost her hubby, our sweet Happy, fairly suddenly four years ago. Since then, she's been walking through widowhood and grieving hand in hand with the Lord. Today, she shares very raw exactly what happened and how God has sustained her through it. She is real about the hard and the good. Whether you are walking through a similar season, be it widowhood or loss of someone near and dear, I believe you will be blessed and encouraged by our conversation. Even if you aren't experiencing loss, I believe this conversation can give you some good tools to have in the case it is something you walk through in the near or far future. Listen in. She is precious and you are going to love our conversation. Hey, everybody. I would like you to welcome a very special guest today. This is Laurel Miller, who I affectionately call Crackers. And I will tell you, she is Crackers because she is my grandmother. And I'll explain. Uh, When I was young, my uh, mom and her were in Bible study together at church. And she became a mentor to my mama and close to our family. And then when I was 11, my grandmother died and uh, her and her husband, who I call Happy, (laughs) became my grandparents. And um, they have done exactly what the body of Christ is supposed to do and step in. And we, our families have had this sweet relationship forever because of that. And so it is precious. And so if you hear me say (laughs) Happy and Crackers, that that is their nicknames as grandparents. She was going to be Graham Crackers, and so it shortened to Crackers, and um, Happy was going to be Grumpy, Grumpy. <laughs> and uh, their grandson said, you're not Grumpy, you're Happy. So yeah. I'm going to say that now because even though I'm probably in the interview going to refer to him as Tim and her as Laurel. But you can do Happy and Crackers. I can do Happy and Crackers. I can do it. I can do it. Okay. But I might go back and forth yeah. a little bit, so we'll see, but just okay. so you understand. Um, so I've already kind of talked about who they are, but um, and today our uh, discussion is going to be on uh, widowhood. Um, and Crackers has a um, real experience with mm-hmm. it. She's living that right now. Um, but I would like her to introduce herself and talk about uh, who she is and about her marriage, her family. Just let her introduce herself. Thank you, <laughs> Nani. And can I just say this is such a privilege mm-hmm. that you asked me to do this, mm-hmm. and I feel so honored and loved. So, as she introduced me, I am Laurel, but I'm going to probably refer to myself as Crackers because Nani, <laughs> and I call her Nani. And, um, that's my nickname. I don't, know. Nickname. I don't know if we uh, do the nickname. Yeah, so yeah, yeah we do. We yeah, both ourselves. of our families are like all Look, nicknames. We're a little silly. <laughs> we're a little silly, but silliness is good. Yes. Um, first of all, I, um, you interviewed my. Uh, daughter-in-law Jamie. Mm-hmm. She was one, episode one. If you haven't listened one, to that, go check that she out. She said something at the beginning of who she w- was that if I could repeat it word for word, I would. <laughs> but it's just that first of all, 
I am a believer of Jesus Christ. He is my Lord and Savior. And um, I gave my life to him when I was a little girl at about eight years old. And I had, we had gone to church and this missionary came and he just talked about how Jesus could be your personal Lord and Savior. And I thought, whoa, I want that. I mean, I believed in God. I loved God, but I wanted that personal relationship. And so when we came home, I remember sitting on this little stool in the living room and kicking my little feet and asking my mom and dad about it. And they told me about Jesus and led me to the Lord. And since then, he's been my Lord and Savior. I believe in God the Father. Jesus Christ's Son, Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. I believe that the Bible that's sitting right here is, <laughs> is the infallible Word of God and that everything in it is right here. And that really is who I am inside, outside, upside, mm -hmm. downside. And then on top of that, blessings in my life. Um, I married my childhood sweetheart, mm -hmm. and we were married for 48 years before he passed away. Uh, we have three children, a daughter, two sons. I have... Well, I had to write it down. Because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's a few. Okay, how many? How many children do I have? No, I have. I have then I have three children-in-law. I have ten grandchildren. I have six grandchildren. Soon to be six grandchildren-in-law. There's going to be a wedding here mm -hmm. in a couple months. Yep. Another one. Seven great-grandchildren, and then I have on top of all that beauty, I have the Baker clan, mm -hmm. which is. Uh, grandchildren not by blood but grandchildren by love <laughs> and it's just as sweet and important and a blessing and caroline's mama <laughs> has been my dearest friend and been there for me through some of the really hard times of my life i um i am a person who absolutely loves and this to decorate a home <laughs> and i just thought you, you can kind of see if you're watching the video the beautiful home that we're sitting in we're sitting in my crackers house right yeah now. <laughs> um my mama uh, was a person who loved to decorate a home, but she the clunkier the home, the better. <laughs> and she loved to go in and take a house and make it a home. She loved to do that so much that she moved 71 times in her <laughs> married life. And uh, But she, that love of home was given to me. In fact, years ago, I actually got my interior decorating degree just because I was so fascinated with it. But I've never done it professionally, just... Um, just so I could know the rules and regulations or the, the tips, the highlights, the things mm -hmm. you can do to make your house a sweet home. And, and so I help, um, I help other people and it's not like you have to go about out and buy everything new. As you can see, my home is not the current color of water, <laughs> but I don't Neither have the money. Mine, and yeah, that might be a little <laughs> bit like from you. Yeah. I love the like warm. Yeah. I do have a couple bedrooms that have white in them, but in and bless Joe Gaines' heart, how she has taught us so much beautiful <laughs> yes. decorating, gifted lady. Um, but uh, my home is, um, it's, you make do with what you have and you can make it beautiful. And I also think that the home is a place that the spirit of God should live. Mm -hmm. And that's felt. And so that sometimes in our world today, when we're out there and we think, because there's so much anger and there's so much fear and mm. so much confusion. And sometimes you think, oh, if I could just get home. Mm. And that's where your home should be. So when we walk in that door, we feel that sweet spirit. Mm. So, And the woman brings that to the home. And so as we as women, if we can have that sweet spirit inside our heart that says, not my home's going to be not perfect. Not that I'm perfect. Not that I do perfect things to the people that live there. You know, that's life. <laughs> when we plow through that. 
but that when somebody walks in your door, the Spirit of God is there. Mm. So that's one of my... And if you have read uh, any of my blog posts on um, homemaking and marriage, uh, Crackers is a huge influence to how I've viewed marriage and how God, and she's taught me how God views marriage. And my marriage is amazing because she has imparted this wisdom. And it's part of the reason also why I'm doing this podcast. I feel like it's that to impart it to more people so they can understand so they can have that sense of home and that love and that place of respite and uh to cling to god so i just uh i love that (laughs) about you Um, and so as she said, uh, she married my happy Tim, uh, her childhood sweetheart. And that's similar to, like she was saying, her daughter-in-law, if you remember, um, they talked about, uh, that they were uh, childhood sweethearts as well. So that kind of ran in the family. (laughs) Um, but, uh, and, um, let's see, uh, how, did you already say how old you were when you met happy? No, I haven't oh, talked okay. about that. Okay. Do you want me to talk yes. about that now? Yeah. Okay. The happy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I met happy when I was about 14. I live in this little mountain community, which I still live now. In fact, happy and I, um, after college, we came back here and raised our children. And now there's still family members that live in the community. It's a sweet place to live. But one year, and, and the kids in the community, it's a small community, so children get together and play. And I remember one day it was end of summer and the kids said, Hey, there's a new family moved in mm-hmm. and they have six kids still at home. And I'm like, Oh, and they said, Oh, and you mm-hmm. should meet Timmy. He's so cute. And I, my thought was, Oh, another boy. Because <laughs> living in the mountains, the, bo- the mountain boys were not very nice. They were mean and nasty and they would kill animals. You'd go out to the creek and they'd squish frogs if they squish. Oh. I don't like that. I love children, I love animals. And uh, so I thought, oh, another boy to squish some more frogs. That's what I could. That's all I thought about. But then I met him, and um, he was so sweet, and he was really cute, and um, and we just became dear friends, and we were really good buddies for about a year, maybe more, just the best of friends, and we laughed, we had so much fun, and he loved God, he loved children, of course he had siblings, he loved animals, he would take little wounded animals and fix them up and release them into the wild. And so I was, (laughs) he was just kind of my friend. One day, one night, we were, we all as teenage kids had been at one of the neighbor's houses for a party and we went walking home together as we then went to our respective homes and he grabbed my hand and I went, oh no. Because my first thought was, oh, if we become boyfriend and girlfriend, I'm going to lose my best friend. Because we'll eventually, we're young, we'll eventually break up. And I thought, I gotta think about this. But anyhow, he held my hand, walked me home. And um then just probably a couple of days after that, I was still mulling this over because we hadn't gone back to school yet. I thought, okay, what if in my hand we're boyfriend and we sit together on bus, blah, blah, blah. And he was out in his yard by the, I didn't mention that our houses were across the street from each other. <laughs> and he was in the front yard and he had his little three year old sister on his shoulders. And the other two two of his younger siblings were playing at his feet and they were all just out there and I just watched and I thought what is wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. I'll take that as a boyfriend. I'll yeah. take him. I'll take him. He looks good to me. <laughs> yeah. And so we started. And so we dated. We dated all through high school. And 
and through uh, college before we got married. But it, but it, I'm not going to say it was the sweetest relationship. It was rocky. Mm-hmm. We were so young, and I think there was a lot of jealousy, and there was a lot of learning to grow up in that time. And so it was sometimes good, sometimes bad. We eventually <laughs> got married, <laughs> and then it got better. <laughs> how long have you, uh, or how old were you when you got married? So that's 21. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you guys are happy was a little bit younger than me. Yeah, right? nine Just months younger. All right. Um, He's saying happy and crackers. Yeah, I am. I just, it's, it's just going to be happy. It's weird, it's, it's you know weird for me to say Tim and Laurel. Right, it's, right. It's, and it sounds weird coming out of her mouth. So yeah. Like, I mean, literally, since yeah. I was a little girl. So I've been calling them that. So. And so then you said that it was Rocky getting up to it. But then once you were married, did you always go into marriage with, I mean, you guys were obviously best friends already so uh but did you go into it with that mindset were you did you have a a good view of marriage when you went into it I think we had a pretty good marriage both of our parents stayed married to each Mm -hmm. other all until death um we our marriage wasn't perfect there were Mm -hmm. rocky roads and we had to learn how to travel the good times the bad times the affluent times the poverty times Mm -hmm. The times when you're angry, the times when that person did something and you did something, all that rockiness had to, we walked it just like anybody else does. I think one of the things, can you hear my kitty? Yeah, if you, you can probably hear. That's Winnie. That's Winnie. Winnie the kitty. Winnie the kitty. Um, and she just knows something's going on. She wants to be a part. Anyhow. Um, For two cents. Yeah, I think, of course, we both had a faith in God mm-hmm. and that. Um, we both love kids, love animals, we love the home, we love all that stuff, but there's still trials that come mm-hmm. into a marriage, and we had to realize we made a commitment when we took those vows, we made those, that commitment to each other, and then to God, and that's a commitment not to be broken, because there mm-hmm. are times I thought, maybe I just ran out of this marriage, you know, mm-hmm. you know how you do, and um, at least I hope you're, you're not <laughs> alone in that, um, and uh and it's just like, no, we made this commitment and we will stick through it and we'll work through it through thick mm-hmm. and thin. So I think we had we had a good foundation of what marriage should be from our parents. And then we had but it's still you have to walk that road yourself. You have to learn it yourself as you take each step and you travel that journey. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is the harder part of the conversation. Um we uh happy went to be with Jesus four years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was sudden. Um, it was uh, not expected. The night before, Crackers and Happy had been on a date. <laughs> and um, so you want to talk a little bit about that? Do you want me to tell the whole <laughs> You can tell it. Okay, yeah. if I'm long-winded, please forgive me. Because it <laughs> kind of starts back uh, when Happy was a little boy. He had rheumatic fever. Mm. And it attacked one of his aortic heart valve in his heart. And it was badly damaged. Always knew that he would someday have to have that replaced. And when he was 40, it needed to be replaced. He was he passed out. He couldn't wake him up. And so he was immediately, um, fortunately, medical. So he went in for heart, uh, heart surgery to put in a plastic heart valve. And um, it was dangerous. And it was. He actually died on the operating mm. table. Um you know, when they do heart surgery, they actually pull your heart out, they fix it, they put it back in, and they and they take your blood and they pump it through a machine, mm-hmm. and that keeps the blood going through your body. They put the heart back in, they hook everything up, 
But then they have to jumpstart the heart. And they have a limit on how many times they will try to jumpstart it before they say, okay, mm -hmm. we're done. This person's not going to make it. Well, on Happy, um, they got to that limit, and he still wasn't coming back. Mm -hmm. And he actually had an out-of-body experience during that time where he felt himself leave his body, and he hovered in the room. He didn't see Jesus or anything mm -hmm. like that, but he hovered. saw what they were doing. He heard the music they were playing. I don't know if you when they do surgery, they blast music in the air. It's cool so they can, their little mind will just be churning the best it can be so they can do the best job. They just have to be, you know, the doctors have to be really on it. And they were, but they, um, the time came for them to stop the jump starting and they were going to stop. And the anesthesiologist was a good friend of mine. He said, I can't, I can't stop. I can't go up there and tell Laurel that thing. Mm. So they kept going and going and going. I don't remember. We have it written down how many, jump starts they did because he shared with us later mm. but it was probably more than double what they should mm. have and then Tim finally came back so he uh because of that surgery he was on blood thinner for the rest of his life has to be because they don't want blood clots to form mm. in um on that heart valve uh, it's a plastic heart valve and they don't want that so on blood thinner he had been on the same amount of blood thinner for about least 27 years the same amount um and then the last year of his life, he started He started having little chest pains, and so they checked it out, and one of his little arteries on the lower part of his heart was starting to clot. Well, they can't really do anything about that because of the heart valve. So their plan was, and what they did, was to increase his blood thinner. But, and I, I know Tim didn't know anything about this, and mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about this, but if you, uh, of course, they constantly check to see how thin your blood is. Because the danger if your blood is too thin, you bleed in your brain. Mm -hmm. But we did not know that. Um, he was being, uh, he used to go in and have his blood tested every month. Now he had to have it tested every so often. His blood was really thin. And uh, found out later that it's the highest dose of blood thinner anybody had ever seen anybody. Wow. Um, they kept, because he started getting tired getting foggy brain it was hard time thinking he just didn't feel good headaches and they kept testing the heart and they'd stick him on a treadmill and um this one week they put him on a treadmill and he had just been on the treadmill three weeks before and they put him on again and he came home and he said the doctor said my heart is strong we just have to figure out what's the fatigue what's the other i said tim you went on the treadmill what you're how many times are you going to go on the treadmill? I was a little upset. Mm -hmm. Why did they put him on the treadmill? And uh, anyhow, it was like uh, early in the morning. And I, you know, how you wake up and you just know something's wrong. It's very mm -hmm. quiet. I don't hear anything. I just come waking up out of my sleep thinking, what? And all of a sudden, Tim was thrashing in bed, mm -hmm. thrashing, like having an epileptic seizure. And then, so it's waking me up. And then I, then I heard it sounded like vomiting, like he was vomiting. And I thought... Oh, he got the flu because the grandkids mm -hmm. had the flu. And I thought, oh, he got the flu. And I thought, wait a minute. He would never throw up in bed. He would never do that. And I went, oh, no. Oh, no. Tim, are you okay? Tim, Tim, are you okay? Nothing. And I knew. Because probably in the last couple of months, two times, God had put on my heart, there's going to be a big flu. Mm -hmm. And I told that to Tim. Tim, I feel like God told me it's a big flu. And he said, there's not going to be a big flu. Mm -hmm. I jumped out of bed, turned on the light, and he was laying there in a coma. And um, of course, called 911. The ambulance came, took him into the hospital. 
And of course, they looked at the medicine he was taking. They were flabbergasted. They immediately checked his brain and saw that he was bleeding profusely in his brain. They immediately did surgery to take out part of his skull, to let the blood out, uh, to see if that could save him. And, um, and they made it through surgery. But what they discovered was not only there was this bleeding from right then, but there had been other pockets mm-hmm. of what he'd been bleeding for a long time, places in his brain that was still dead. And so, um, you know, in, in those times of shock like that, if you've been through that, you know that you kind of go into this fog. And I really couldn't think. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I didn't, at one time I remember saying to myself, what's my name, what's my name? Mm-hmm. And it was, it was so traumatic. But I did not realize that this meant death. Did mm-hmm. not realize it. Um, he, they, in surgery, they put a ventilator in. He did, he breathed, he was breathing on his own. But his breathing was shallow, so they kept the ventilator. So he was laying there after surgery on the bed with a ventilator. But his heart was good, but his vital signs started to go bad. Um, it gave us time to get, of course, my one, my daughter and one son are here local. And it gave us time to get my military son and his family back. And uh, we, we couldn't grasp it. We just kept thinking, we're going to get him well. We're going to get him home. We're going to take care of him. We're going to get him back. And we all prayed okay. and we all had as much faith as anybody could have. We did. I mean, I had no doubt that God None of us. would, could do it. No. And we were, we were all in the, there was tons of people. I had so much support, people in the waiting room. Um, and the hospital just let us have that waiting room. Military son family came back. And when my two sons went in to talk to him just by themselves, they said, we just want some time with him alone. We went and talked to him. Oh, because this, oh, wait, I, I really skipped an important part because the medical professionals there, the doctor and the nurses, they were wonderful, but they kept saying, trying to tell us, guys, you're not going to get it back. And finally, a doctor sat us down and said, do you understand what I'm saying mm-hmm. to you? When you bleed that much in the brain, it pushes the brain down. It pushes the brain stem into your spinal column. Mm-hmm. You don't heal from back from that. The brain does not pack up. It absolutely it doesn't destroy them. It kills the brain. Mm. And he says, that's what's happening. And he said, he's not going to come back. And so we went, okay, okay. So we'll, okay. So the, the then, okay, then now to the sons went in and told him, dad, it's okay. You can go. And then I went in and talked to him and said, it's okay. You can go. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, I'm crying. It's been four years. So sorry. <laughs> but, um, it was such a beautiful, it was a beautiful thing. And I could just tell him how much I love him. Thank him for, because he was the man that took care of everybody, including mm-hmm. me. And thank you so much. <laughs> and I kissed him goodbye. And then immediately his vital signs started diving. I called everybody, get in, get in here, quick, get in here. We, we stood around his bed and started singing um, praise songs mm-hmm. and praying and singing as his vitals started going down, 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 down. And then um, all of a sudden, now they give, they put him on morphine. They're really sweet about death, that death can be painless. They put him, they had him on morphine. They also put a little patch on your neck so it stops all liquids flowing so you won't choke on saliva, you won't choke on tears, your nose won't run, anything. And that death can just be sweet. And they would have turned off slowly. They do it very slowly, turn off the breathing machine, but that, Never mm. didn't have to happen. So all of a sudden, because uh, he was just going down so fast, and all of a sudden Adam said, 
I think he's he's going down fast, guys. Let's sing the hallelujah chorus. And so we started mm. singing hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> and as we sang that, the hospital staff stood outside the door because it was like we were joined <laughs> by a chorus of angels. It was so pretty. And then all of a sudden, miraculously, the, these little eyes that were tight, so mm-hmm. tightly shut in the coma, because he'd been in a coma the whole time, this one little eye opened just a little bit, and a tear came out. Mm. This like, totally That's totally impossible for that tear to come. He was on stuff that would dry everything out. And then... On the same side you were standing. Right, uh, right by my side. And so I reached down and I said, Tim, go be with Jesus. Go be with Jesus right now. Go be with Jesus. It's okay. Go be with Jesus. And then Adam, and then you could see his vials just stopping, and Adam yells out, well done, good and faithful servant. Timothy and, Floyd Miller, well done, welcome home. And then we and all, we all broke into applause and applied. just, and started hooting and hollering. And, and yeah, it was incredible. It I mean, was. it was like, for a situation that could be very, like, ugly, like you said, with some people who have to deal with that but I just think the Lord was so sweet for us to experience I mean God's presence in the room was so heavy you could cut it with a knife but it was such a I mean hard it's like that's not what we wanted of course but Mm -hmm. um but God was with us God was so with us. It was so obvious. And the thing that we, and we feel so blessed that a lot of people don't get that kind of an experience mm-hmm. when somebody dies, but God gave us that. And we hold on to that even mm-hmm. to this day. We remember how he died. Mm-hmm. When, there, when you see something like that, you know there is a God and you mm-hmm. know there is a heaven. And we know that he was immediately in the presence of God, which the Bible says the absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We know he was present with the Lord. And the odd thing was, is that we were going to take him off the breathing machine, but he was still in the breathing machine mm-hmm. when he died. There was, and how we didn't have to make that decision. Mm-hmm. God just God made did it. it. And it was so sweet because I think one of the things that for me, as I watched crackers walk through these days, heading towards from the time Happy went in the hospital until he went on to be with Jesus, I was just amazed to watch her just, I knew she depended on the Lord. I already knew that. I watched that in her day in, day out life already. But in these moments, I mean, it was so, her strength and reliance on the Lord was so strong. Mm -hmm. And I thought, and when, as I was watching her, I thought, Dang it! I thought if if I when when it's time for Kevin to go, I have permission to be a jerk <laughs> and to be like mean and to be a mess. And I thought I can't look not with this example of who of just your reliance on God and the sweetness of that of living in those moments and still just being so loving to all of us. You know, and giving even us time to be able to go in and hold his hand and talk to him and all of that. I mean, you could have been like, nope, I'm just me. Nobody else gets to see him. And to me, that is just evidence of who Christ is to you in your life. And that doesn't come from deciding last week when something bad happened to start reading your Bible. That comes from day in, day out walking with Jesus. And that is 
why I would love to be the type of woman crackers oh, is. So, so it was a time when God it was hard. Did, he did hold me up. He did wrap his arms around me. He walked me through the valley of the shadow of death mm-hmm. and continues to do that. It's not always that sweet because mm-hmm. um, that was sweet and it was that way for a long time. I was very, very, very wrapped in his arms for a while. There was a time then when he said, okay, my daughter, it's time for you to stand on your own two feet. Let's, let's start walking this path of the land and living in the land of the messy. <laughs> because um, mm, when you, yeah, because um, when you lose someone, it can not just be a husband, it could be a child, it could be a mama, um, it could be, you know, a sister or whatever. It's like an amputation. Mm. It's like part of you is gone. And that part's not going to grow back. Mm. It's just going to be always like that. So you have to learn, how do I live with the amputation? Mm-hmm. And that's the journey of grief after after the death. After loss. After the loss, yeah, is learning to live with the amputation. And, um, and people do it all the time. And we're having a lot of people having to do it right now because mm-hmm. our poor little world. Mm-hmm. But um, Did you and Happy talk about and prepare for his for either of your passing? You know, we, we had. We had talked about it because we were, um, at that point, late 60s, and we uh, we knew, knew we needed to maybe buy a gravesite and have that all paid for so it wouldn't be a burden to our kids. We, we had talked about what we wanted at our memorial service, and he said, oh, I don't want anything to stick me in a pine box and stick me in the ground. <laughs> We're going to do that. To do that. Sorry, not that much. <laughs> he didn't get that one. No, he didn't. But he he did want you know the Lord in his memorial service. He wanted the Lord glorified mm-hmm. and the Lord honored. He wanted his God to be honored, and so that's what we did at his memorial service. We did not let open it up for the mic for anybody to mm-hmm. speak. I didn't want somebody coming up there, and I knew this would happen, <laughs> say, "Oh, and we were teenagers, and we went to the gr- beach and looked at girls in bikinis." Ha ha ha. I wasn't in the mood to hear that. No. No. I wanted to be glorifying to mm. God. And so that's why we just, we didn't let anybody speak um, outside of just mm. my three children, myself, son-in-law, my daughter-in-law sang, um, grandson played the piano, um, and all the, all the grandchildren, the blood mm. and the loved, mm. um, we brought them on stage and honored them that this was... Uh, Happy's legacy. And that's what, if you see on social media, um, I posted about Happy. Uh, We always hashtag it Happy's legacy because that was from that time that even though he's not with us, we are carrying on the things he taught us, the things that Mm -hmm. we walked with him and and learned from him. And uh, and it's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. He was a man that loved the Lord, but he also loved his family. And he took care of a lot of people, cared about Mm -hmm. people and would take care at his memorial, said he wasn't he wasn't the great missionary to mm-hmm. Africa. He wasn't the Billy Graham, but he he lived his life in the circle around him and affected many lives. And I think there was probably about seven hundred people at his memorial. Mm-hmm. Just it was away massive, and the yeah. giving and the gifts and the, it was just so the love. Uh, it was so yeah, so the, the ph- phenomenal. Now, so looking back, you did already talk about the big boom that God mm-hmm. told you was coming. Now, sometimes I think it sounds scary to be warned for something. Did you feel fear from that warning or did it feel like God was just preparing you and you knew you would be prepared? I remember I wasn't fearful. 
but I was concerned. Of course, I have a military son, mm -hmm. and he served in the war. Um, you had a father who mm -hmm. had not long before been in an accident in the hospital, and, yep. in the hospital and had brain damage and mm -hmm. barely lived. I thought it might be something like that, mm -hmm. another person that I love. I, I, I just... I just felt like there was going to be a major change, like a fork in the road, like mm -hmm. a turn. I wasn't fearful, but I was definitely concerned. Mm -hmm. I don't think you ever, no matter how long you've been with your spouse or how old you get, I don't believe that it would be any easier mm -mm. just because you've had this many years over this or anytime you lose anyone, really. I mean, I just think. Yeah, it's well, because with Tim, he was part of my latter childhood. He was mm -hmm. always a part of my life for all of a sudden for him to be gone. Mm -hmm. um, it was shocking. Mm -hmm. And I would wake up, I would be walking and all of a sudden go, wait a minute, wait, he died? Wait, he died. I mean, you just can't, you know, death and life to God are, it's all part and parcel of what it is for us. But we mm -hmm. have such a, a separation that we don't, we don't want to understand mm -hmm. death. And so I guess he died, he died, he died, he died. Okay. Almost didn't feel like it was reality. It didn't feel real. And my, my military son, who is a chaplain, he deals with death all the time. And he says, mm -hmm. mom, sometimes it gets bad. And he said, you just feel like you want to scream. And I felt like that in the hospital. And he said, you just take a pill, hold it up, and scream in the pillow. <laughs> and that was that was because it helps you just get that out. You just go, and you scream that pill. And then nobody hears you and thinks, oh, oh what's happening? You know, mm -hmm. nobody's worried. And I didn't dare do it in the hospital. They'd put me in a sane asylum or something. <laughs> so. Uh, but it just it, helps you, like, release just a little bit. Release. It, it was hard. And then, of course, four months after Tim passed away, on his birthday, my mom passed away. Mm -hmm. Now she was almost 95, and that is more that was more expected. She had, hadn't been right. sick, but she all of a sudden, it's just last few days, mm -hmm. and, she just, and she just went, and it was on his birthday. And I'm going, okay, God, because, you know, God doesn't make mistakes, and I know that. I know he doesn't make mistakes, but it was hard. Yeah, because you're not, at four months, you're not even close to being anywhere near mm -hmm. well in your mind from the loss, family members, you know. My children, your mama, mm -hmm. were there for me when I would text your mom. Are you up? Are you still up? Yep. Do you need me? Me come down? No, just call me, just to hear her voice, and I could I could work it through. But it was just like I kept saying to God, God, this is too much. Mm. And He said, No, it's not. My daughter, it's not too much. You can do this with me. That's with a hard God. One. All things are possible. Mm. You know. Well, in feeling like that, the scripture that says God won't give you more than you can handle, yeah. I think sometimes in our minds we feel like that means we won't experience anything that we don't think we can handle. Right. But I feel like truly it means God won't give us anything that he will not walk through with us. Exactly, because Jesus said, in this world you'll have tribulation. Mm -hmm. He didn't say you're not going to have any trouble. He didn't say it's going to be better roses, but he said, I'll be there with you. Mm -hmm. there. Now, in the early days, like at the beginning, when you were first home and those sort of things, what did you do that helped? Or what did God give you to help you kind of through that kind of beginning, coming home and being no. here without yeah. happy? Yeah. God is not always very noisy. <laughs> I no. wanted handwriting on the wall. Yeah. I wanted a loud voice. <laughs> And I would say, why am I still here and he's there with you? <laughs> and, you know, and if it, 
if it wasn't for my faith in God, I don't think I would have pulled, I don't think I would have made it mm-hmm. through those times, especially after I lost my mom. I, thought, I can't. And then my brother came down with cancer. I mean, it was just like bam, ba, bam, ba, bam, ba, bam, and all these things. And I thought, God, why am I here? And it, it hasn't been like He's shown me any great thing. To for, and I know each person's journey mm-hmm. is different, but for me, it was just taking one step at a time. One little step, and it, and as and just reading his word, different. But you have to go through it. You can't go around it, up mm. under it, over it, beside it. You have to just walk through. There's no choice. And I, at first, I felt like I was drowning, and that the water would splash in my face. It was in the ocean. The waves would come and splash and splash. And as I just took those steps, and it wasn't anything miraculous. Mm. There has been nothing miraculous. Mm-hmm. It's been quiet, gentle. Just I'm with you. I'm with you. Times when I just sing, sometimes when I pray, and sometimes when I cry, and sometimes I go, "What the? What the happened here?" Um, but as as time went on, I felt like the water was going down and going down and going down. And Jamie mm-hmm. always asks, "Where's the water now?" Uh-huh. And um, and then it was just at my ankles, and I felt, and I said, "It's always going to be at my ankles," but I was wrong hmm. because it's not. I feel like now I'm walking on the sand. Hmm. I feel like. I'll always walk on the sand. It will always be a part of me. Mm-hmm. I will never be over it. And you talk to anybody mm-hmm. that's gone through any kind of missing, mm-hmm. even your, your sweet grandma. Mm-hmm. You still wish miss that sweet grandma, that lady. Yep. Um, you all the time. <laughs> all the time. And so many things remind you of her. Mm-hmm. And um, and and that's that's what I feel. I'll always be walking in the wet sand. And I may get that wrong, mm-hmm. but that's what I feel. But I am walking. I'm not drowning anymore. I'm walking, and I'm one foot in front of the other, and and God is just um, there with me. And I think it's so important that you say that because I feel like our society tries to say, tries to downplay grief to a certain extent. You're allowed to grieve for a certain amount of time, and then you need to just get over it. Exactly. I think it's important for people to hear from someone who is walking through and who's embracing the hard, the grief, mm-hmm. the good with the bad, with the all of it, and walking on the sand now to let people know that it's okay, that it's still always there. It's always there. It's always going to be there. It's never going to change because mm-hmm. that, your, your life took a 180. Mm-hmm. So you're going this way, now you're going this way. And so your life is, nothing is the same. Mm-hmm. Nothing is the same. Everything has to change because of that one person. But how glorious to think that that one person made a difference. Mm-hmm. And, and they always say, if you loved much, you grieved mm-hmm. much. And so you can be thankful that I'm thankful that mm-hmm. I got to love much. And I had him for, you know, until mm-hmm. I was 68. I had him those many years. And I could have not. But I did, I got, and so I just remind myself, I need to be thankful. Mm. Oh, you were going to tell a story about a bird? A bird singing. This is just one of the ways that God, remember I say, taught, he teaches, he walks through me. He's gentle. Mm. I'd like a, I would like a big (laughs) boom voice. I'm not getting the big boom. I feel like we all want, like it would just be so nice to like a little clarity. But anyhow, I was... Um, I love to walk in our little mountain community, and I was walking one morning, and it kind it clouded up, and it started to rain. And uh, I don't know if you know, but if you're the little mountain community here, mm-hmm. there's tons of birds. But the, mm-hmm. your first sign of a storm, the birds will be dead silent. Mm-hmm. The dogs will start stop barking. 
everything becomes real quiet mm -hmm. and then the rain comes and it got really quiet and the rain came I thought oh and I'm <laughs> bustling to get home not going to get too wet and all of a sudden I heard this bird singing mm. and it was the most beautiful song I have ever heard mm. I mean it gives John Williams a run for his money mm. it was so beautiful I had never heard that and I've grown up in the mountains I've heard millions of birds I have never heard anything like this. And I stopped as the wind's pointing down. You where? What bird is that? I'm looking around and I cannot see anything. It must be little. Okay, it's little. I'm going home. And I got home and I came and I sat actually here while I'm sitting here. I said, God, that bird. Birds don't sing in the storm. That bird was singing in the storm. <laughs> and I felt like God said to me, that's what I want you. Now, this mm. is before Happy Die. That's what I want you to do with your life. I want you to learn to sing in the storms like that. Sing, sing, sing oh. praises to God. And so it became a little thing to me. I never heard that bird again. I've never heard it before. And then after happy passed, it was a time of another storm. Mm. And I was here in the house and I heard something. I went, wait a minute, what is mm. that sound? I went, it's the song, it's the bird, and mm. I dashed out on my deck, and I'm standing there in the rain, and this bird is singing this most beautiful song I've ever heard. Where is it, God, where is it? I look, I think, it must be, I can't, I can't, I can't see it, but I stood there, and let the rain pour, as I, mm. as I just listened, and then when it was done, I came in the house, and I said, this is my time of the storm, mm. and God, is teaching me I need to sing in the storm. It's not just survive, it's sing. Mm. It's sing his praises. It's have a heart that sings for him and says, okay, I've been dealt a pretty ugly, horrible, yucky thing. And yet I'm gonna sing to God. And you know, Jamie, mm -hmm. you mentioned Jamie. Mm -hmm. Well, and Jamie that. wrote the music for my uh, podcast and performed it. Yes. So when you hear that, that's, that's Jamie. Jamie, yeah. But she wrote a song, Just Keep Singing, mm -hmm. and she wrote it years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's always been one of my favorites that she wrote. And I have it on my iTunes, and I mm -hmm. listen to it all the time. And, um, and I thought, that's it. No matter what, no matter what happens, God is saying, just keep singing. And I think that's important, I think, mm -hmm. to remember that that's the heart that I want to have, no matter what. And our world is, we're in a world of no matter what. Mm -hmm. We're in a world of lots of horrible, ugly, scary, terrifying, confusing things mm -hmm. happen. But in order to bring praise to God, we can just keep singing so that we can be like that, the author of the, of the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. Mm -hmm. We can say, okay, God, it's well. And there are days when it's not well. Mm -hmm. I mean, to, to this day, there are days when it is not well with my mm -hmm. soul. And I'm either sad or angry, but I remember, no, it is well with my soul. Mm. Just keep singing. Mm. As you do that, then you can pull out of that, that sad, depressing place. Well, and I think that's important. It's our response. Like Jesus said, you will have trouble in this world, mm. but I've overcome it. And, and he gives us the tools to overcome. And I think, exactly. like I said, how before watching you walk through this um I had thought I would have total permission to be a horrible person to everybody and you yeah. know get away from me and and watching you reminded me that no because I've been called to a bigger 
to a bigger plan and God has a bigger plan and it's like the response. So bad things are going to happen. Hard things are going to continue to happen in this world. Mm -hmm. But when we respond the way that God gives us to in praise and it doesn't mean we won't have days that we're angry or or frustrated because those are emotions God gave us. He knows, he knows we're going to have them. And the loss of somebody is like you said, an amputation. Um, Mm -hmm. and you're just learning to live with it, but it doesn't mean you're not going to feel the deficit. And I think it's important to not, to not try and pretend all the time that everything is always good. Oh yeah, I'm good now. You know? Right. Right. Because most likely I'm not. Mm -hmm. And also, I think something that it's important to remember that um, one of the things as a widow that I've experienced is people are afraid they don't know what to say to you. <laughs> and just remember, and and even me as I deal with other widows, mm-hmm. you don't know what to say. And you know, mm-hmm. we don't have the right thing to say, but to just say hi, <laughs> just to say hi. And oh my goodness. And uh, you don't say, how are you? Because... The answer is. The answer is either they're either going to lie and say, "Oh, I'm great," or they're going to tell you the horrible truth of how it is. And mm-hmm. you just you just say, "Hey, I, I care about you. Mm-hmm. Just want you know, I care about you. I'm praying for you, or whatever, or whatever God puts on your heart." But you don't have to feel like you have the answer because we mm-hmm. don't. We don't have the answer. Only God mm-hmm. has that answer. Do you feel like people treated you different? Yes, very. I've even had people that see me coming and turn around and run the other way. Oh my gosh! Seriously. <laughs> That's horrible. Yes. Guys, I want to wear a sign. I'm not contagious. Oh, it's like a hood. It's not It's not leprosy. It's not leprosy, guys. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I've seen that. And then people just say really just bizarre things. Yes, people do. Mm-hmm. People do. And and people, uh, you know, if you had friends that are couples, you kind of lose that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. Uh, that's okay. I don't. I think a lot of times widows have acted inappropriately, and so maybe we have a reputation. <laughs> but I wear my husband's ring, my husband's ring, and my wedding ring because I want people to know, hey guys, I'm still married. My husband's just in heaven. Yes. And I am not out there for anybody when else's. We, I'm good. When we get got in the car at the hospital, you remember that? Yes. You remember that? Oh, yeah. pooey. Um, we get in the car at the hospital right after when we're leaving the hospital and I'm in the back seat and Crackers gets in the front seat and she turns around and she says, I am not getting remarried. Do not ask me. We were like, yes. You know how many people have asked me? Oh my gosh. gosh. No, I, I married the man I loved. I married the man. She got hit on at his grave site. Oh, I did. Oh God. <laughs> That's, no, we're not even going to tell that Yeah, we don't need to go no, into that. Gonna... But it's just kind of a little, I don't, it just made when made me oh. laugh when you told me that that I was like people hitting on you. Married the man I loved, and I'm thankful for the years I had. And God doesn't make mistakes. He knew I was going to be a widow. Mm-hmm. In my mother's womb, He created me mm-hmm. for this, and this is what He chose for me. And so it is well with my soul. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> when it's well with my soul, it is well with my soul. Right, right. I mean, we've kind of already gone over this a little bit, but what has changed? Now you said that it feels more like you're walking on the sand. Mm-hmm. But at what point did you? Was it really very slow, or it was really very slow where you felt like, okay, I'm kind of gonna live again? Like you, you had said that God uh-huh. put on your heart, no, I need you. Okay, we're I'm done. Like we're done. You need to step in and right. and live again. It uh, was slow. 
extremely slow. Got it was just plodding. It was plodding through. Mm -hmm. And still I'm learning. Mm -hmm. I'm learning. And I don't always get it right. Don't always say the right thing to people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just learning mm -hmm. still. But it plodded through. Slow. Mm -hmm. Slow. <laughs> <laughs> I want it fast. And it just doesn't. I mean, I feel like, I feel like the, the fact that you lived in it and that you embraced the grief and that you were willing to walk with God hand in hand through it and not try to, because I feel like when you push grief away and try to pretend like it's not there, I feel like it's a lot harder to heal from it. Right. It's going to come back and hit you mm -hmm. eventually. You can tell me if I'm wrong, okay. but grief, I, I feel like grief happens for a lot of different reasons. And like you said earlier, the, you know, you could lose a child, you mm -hmm. can lose a sibling, you can lose mm -hmm. a friend, a grandparent, um, and you go through different types of grief depending on your relationship with them. Um, but then there's also grief and loss that happens. And sometimes it's not even losing a person. Do you have any other insight in terms of how people should respond? Well, I just, I think they should, this kind of goes along, maybe I already said this, they shouldn't be afraid. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't be afraid. Um, I think as Christians, we don't always know how to deal with that kind of thing because mm -hmm. we like our world soft and peaceful mm -hmm. now our world has been uprooted from there mm -hmm. now and um a lot of churches don't even have anything for grieving people there is a um a ministry out there called uh, grief share and a lot mm -hmm. of churches have that and i went to mm -hmm. two different times of it they're about 12 or 13 week courses beautifully done that and, felt like it was helpful oh so helpful but yeah, it's it's just it's just don't be afraid if somebody's hurting. I think we, and, and maybe not even just grief. Golly, what if somebody's going through a divorce? Mm -hmm. That's so painful, or um, you know, oh, there's loss some, of a job, loss, loss of right. a home, loss right. of. Yeah. I mean, we have wildfires so in California. Right. We have, you know, just so many, so many things. So don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid. You don't have to solve their problems. That's mm -hmm. God's. That's God's deal. Mm -hmm. But to show love and care, and then if God puts it on your heart to bake them a batch of chocolate chip cookies and bring mm -hmm. or whatever you do that, you do that. But mm -hmm. and just be in tune to God of who He would have you talk to and who mm -hmm. He would have you reach out to if He does. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that with how you walked through it that I saw, I think. As Christians, sometimes what we, when we're showing the world our lives, when we know that people who don't know Jesus are watching how we're walking, I think sometimes we want it to be in a neat bow. We mm -hmm. want, because we want them to, right. you don't want to walk up to someone who isn't a Christian and say, well, I lost my husband and I trust Jesus, but today I'm angry at him. I mean, that's, that. And that, but that's a really real it response. Is. Yeah. Um, but I think we, I think we are afraid to show the emotion and to actually walk through it because we're worried that if we show any kind of, oh, the Christian walk is hard or today I didn't feel God, then that's going to make them not want to be a Christian. And that's our number one thing is to share God's love and who God right. is. Yeah, we put that pressure on ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's definitely something that these Christians 
uh, need to work on. And like I said, even though I'm a widow, mm-hmm. and then I'm I'm I've reached out to so many widows, just help me walk mm. through this or whatever. But uh, I sometimes think, and after they are pouring out their heart to me, I think I don't know what to say because you mm-hmm. know I don't have the answer. Mm-hmm. It's only through God. But to know that people care is such a wonderful blessing. Mm-hmm. Wonderful blessing. How do you feel when people write you on Happy's birthday or your anniversary? I love it. Or, I love okay. it. I also love Vizinia's grave. He was, mm-hmm. We had him buried. And um, all that financial stuff is gifts. Mm-hmm. I don't pay for anything. And uh, God unreal. supplies all of our needs. And so he's very beautiful. Little cemetery. And I love. To go there, get my little cup of coffee, mm-hmm. sometimes bring a peanut butter and jelly Sammy, and just sit there and just and just feel God. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love when people, um, we as family, go to his grave site on his birthday, also on his heaven birthday, which mm-hmm. I think is probably even more important. Mm-hmm. We do Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. I love people. I just got a little um, postcard in the mail from a pastor who, a good friend of ours, and he sweetest little postcard and it meant so much i i i just held the little card in my hand a pastor wrote me a pastor wrote me open a red it's just a sweet little just a little Mm. postcard and those things mean a lot they do a a text Mm. text i mean in in the day and age we do a text you you know Mm -hmm. your siblings and you are so good at that (laughs) just saying hey crackers think about you Mm -hmm. ah lifts me up that's me. I don't know if that's everybody, but that's me. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love to feel that I'm still a part, because I am, of the living mm-hmm. and of those that are mine. And that I'm and that I'm thought of and that I'm not a burden, mm-hmm. but that I'm just still there, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's like, I think there's that period where you wonder when people are going through something, whether it's okay to laugh or have fun or watch a funny movie or um I know when my dad was in the hospital my brother had gotten us tickets to a concert months prior to that Mumford and Sons Mumford and Sons okay and it was and my siblings went were had tickets we all went together when it was coming up it was my dad was still in the hospital we still had no clue whether he would come back to us in any kind of capacity. We didn't know if he'd walk again. We didn't know if he'd talk again at that point. And I said to my brother, is it okay that we go to this concert? Because we were so excited to go. And then he said, yeah, at nine, it's okay. It's okay to go. And, um, and now whenever I hear music from that concert, from that album, all the music from that concert is actually just very close to my heart. Because it reminded me that scripture that David says, I will experience the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Mm-hmm. And and then that reminder to that it was okay. But I had the, is it, what are people going to perceive? What about perception? Because like, are people going to think, oh, she doesn't even care about her dad because she's at a concert. Did you worry if people, when you started living life again did you worry that people would think you were somehow not honoring happy by living again i i have thought of that um and i don't even know that i realized that i have thought of mm-hmm. it until you just said it i have thought of that because my whole my whole heart is of course honoring god but also honoring tim mm-hmm. the man 
that was part of my life for all those years. Um, and I wanted him honored. I can't think of a specific incident, but I know mm -hmm. that that thought came to my head. Uh, am I honoring? Am I honoring him? I mean, our first Halloween mm -hmm. after he yes. died, I dressed up as a cowgirl, <laughs> cowgirl. with a gun, <laughs> a big shotgun, with a big shotgun, and a what do we call it? Crackers un unchained, unchained, no, unleashed. No. Unfiltered. Unfiltered. Because I was saying Crackers things that maybe should have been not bad words or anything. Just yeah. like I was just a little bit like, don't do that. Crackers unfiltered. That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> and then and we had fun with that. And we mm -hmm. laughed. I remember thinking, it's okay. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay to laugh. Gotta laugh or go crazy. Because I think that's a hard one when you're approaching people who have gone through losing somebody. Or you don't want to sound like you don't still love and respect the fact that they're grieving but that's such a hard balance because I'm sure it's different with everyone I'm sure for me I wanted him remembered I don't want us to ever forget um he lived on this earth and mm -hmm. he 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 loved and he helped and he served and not a perfect man but um a very good man mm -hmm. and uh so in when you first come to my door there's a picture of him and a little sign that says happy and then uh, the verse from, is it Ecclesiastics? A band of three chords is not easily broken, um, stuff like that. Uh, and I know a lot of people just put all the pictures away and pretend like that person mm -hmm. didn't exist. For me, that would be heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. I have a wall that has uh, pictures on it, and he, he has his pictures there. Um, I, I, I don't want it forgotten. Mm -hmm. I want it honored. So for me, that's me. Mm -hmm. and like you said, every house are different. In our house, um, Happy did uh, had a construction company that mm -hmm. my hubby worked with him on. He did the work in the house that we're living in right now. So our crown molding in our living room, I can remember every time I look at it, I can remember Happy saying, Nine, come here. I, I want, I'm going to show you some crown molding and I want you to tell me, how do you want it? Do you want it like this? Do you want these <sighs> corner pieces? What do you want? This is up to you. You're going to be looking at this. And so every time I look at that crown molding, I think about happy. We had opened up a wall and Kevin helped him work on the house too. And so I have a picture of them together and it's hanging almost right where they're standing in the photo. Oh. And I just love that because right. it's just, um, just it's just reminder. Yeah. And I don't want to I don't think for we sure. I don't get ever. No. Yeah. I don't want him to have walked this earth and then. I am who this. I'm who I am today because of both of you guys in my life. I mean, my first my first job was I worked at their yeah. they had a coffee shop called Coffee Coffee and I worked there. They let me a little fourteen year old work there, and it was so it was fun. awesome yeah, and sweet so. and happy. Taught me a lot about. Things there, and, and you just got to see his little temper. Is it a temper? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and he got a strong man. Yeah. <laughs> just preparing me yeah. for uh, my yeah. Irish redheads. A uh, little bit of a temper sometimes. Only sometimes. Oh, only sometimes. <laughs> yeah. What would you say to women who are married but maybe afraid to broach the subject in their own hearts or minds when they think about it, like having a fear of it? Um, what advice would you give? to women who are still married and maybe are afraid of it. Afraid of, of death? Of death and becoming a widow. Oh, um, our hope is in Christ. Mm -hmm. That's it. The Bible says we've not been given a spirit of fear, but mm -hmm. power, love, and a sound mind. 
So if we have fears that we shouldn't have, we need to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. Good old Priscilla Shire would mm-hmm. say, you cast it to the, <laughs> whatever, you get rid of it. It's, it's, from, it's from, mm-hmm. Satan. Fear is from Satan. God did not want us to be fearful because he said, I'm up with you always, even to the ends of the mm-hmm. earth. You can't live in that kind of fear. We have to trust God. Things happen to us. They are not an accident. Mm-hmm. If we are his child, it is not an accident. We have to trust that he will give us the tools we need <laughs> when we need them. It's a matter of trusting in him. And trust means we're just aware that he's there. Mm-hmm. He's there. He's the God that's there. And as far as to widows who are struggling mm-hmm. uh, right now, if any widows are listening. Oh, the cat. <laughs> we might have to edit if you're uh, wa- <laughs> If you're watching... <laughs> The cat just jumped up on the counter. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, the cat. It's sad. Um, you know, the Bible talks a lot about widows. Mm-hmm. I forget how many hundreds of verses there are in widows. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, when the Bible was written, a, a woman that became a widow had nothing. Mm-hmm. And she was, if her one of her relatives did not take her in, and even if she had children in the home, she could be cast to the street. The relatives could take the children. She had nothing. And her choices were begging or being a prostitute. Pretty mm-hmm. much that was it. At least our world is better than that. But we still don't quite know what to do with widows. I don't think it would be nice to see um, churches step, up, have, to step up to the plate and get their widows together and mm-hmm. mentor them and teach them. And maybe not even mentor and teach, just walk with them through the journey and also not only that but to be there uh, i remember that trinity did a thing where they um for single women widows and divorcees they had a saturday where the Mm -hmm. men of the church came and they could bring their car that needed fixing or if there was something in the home that needed fixing that the men would go as a group never one-on-one you'd be always respectful and you go and you fix that thing and it would be nice if the churches popped up and did something Mm -hmm. like that and I know a lot of churches feel like, well, she's got family. That's her family's responsibility. Mm-hmm. But it's, biblically, it's also the churches mm-hmm. that want to take care of our widows and children. And they need to be taken care of spiritually and mentally, emotionally, physically. Mm-hmm. That would point. be sweet. Um, a lot of, I, at first, so desperately, I reached out to so many widows. And it was like I would go and I'd want advice. And all they would talk about is their pain. Mm-hmm. of their widowhood and they would be into it many many years one was even into it 11 years of widowhood one was in it 25 years mm-hmm. and i just realized okay this is a life journey that mm-hmm. you walk through you don't get over it and um there may need to be i mean COVID came along and kind of shut everything mm-hmm. down but maybe if things loosen up a little bit it would be sweet if we even if we widows reached out to each mm-hmm. other and just helped us walk through um, and not so much thinking about ourselves, mm. but caring about the other person that's, deeply. That's such good advice because I think the enemy wants us to focus on our pain and our Absolutely. ourselves. Distracts us. And, you know, like the Lord gave you about singing and keep yeah. singing, that that is what he's given us to do is to turn around and make it make it about him and make it about others. And not that you can't have moments for... God yeah. is tending to your own heart, but that reminder that you're not the only one that is going through something. Right. Okay, well, I think unless there's anything else you want to add. I just want a verse. Because mm-hmm. on this little paper you gave me, I think we might talk about, you said, do you have a favorite verse in the Bible? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
I, I, my favorite verse changes all the time yes. because of where I'm at. But this is a verse, I just thought this was such a precious verse that my daughter, uh, right after Tim passed, gave me um, just to help me to plow through. And it's from Isaiah chapter 61. And it's talking about, it says in 61 verse 1, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And then it talks about things that are upon us with the Spirit of God. And it says, To comfort all who mourn. Mm. to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, mm. the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planning of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Oh. And I thought this is just, this goes along with singing in the storm, but these are the things that God gives us. He comforts us. He consoles us. He didn't, he didn't say you won't mourn. Mm-hmm. He didn't say there won't be mourning. You saying you're when you mourn, when when you mourn, um, the oil of joy. Mm-hmm. There's going to be joy for the for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaven is a garment of praise that we are to put on. He's given us the ability to put on praise to sing in the storm, mm-hmm. even though we are mourning.